From collegiate to professional sports, the sports calendar is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in all the action than with DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. It's America's top-rated sportsbook app. What's up? It's Jonathan Hood from the Captain J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. For this year's football playoffs, DraftKings is giving new players a chance to bet on any of this weekend's professional football games at 100 to 1 odds. All you got to do is bet $1 on any football game this weekend. And if your team wins, you cash $100. Download the top-rated DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook app now and use the promo code WMVP when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds in any football game this weekend. That's code WMVP for new players. For a limited time only with DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Illinois only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or somebody you know has got a gambling problem, crisis counseling or referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. He is hard to believe. Michael Jordan. Michael double teamed on the drive in for the left. Gets chased into the corner. Comes right back. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I am Jonathan Hood, co-host of the Cap and J Hood Morning Show, mornings between 7 and 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000. And also, if you download the ESPN Chicago app, you can catch the podcast. Tell people that we've got basketball content right here on the Cap and J Hood podcast feed. Also, you can find this podcast on Spotify. Look for Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate your support as always. We had a great conversation last time out with Dion Thomas from the Funny Illini Radio Network. The Illini falling short against Maryland on Sunday the 10th of January. We'll hear from Brad Underwood, the head coach for the Illini, in a little bit. Also, we'll hear from Billy Donovan. He speaks out about the Bulls' issues on their West Coast trip. We used to call it the circus trip because the circus would be in town and it would take all the time up at the old Chicago Stadium or the United Center. Well, it's just a West Coast trip now. The Bulls had a problem against Sacramento, the Lakers, and Clippers. But I'm optimistic. I'll tell you why. You will hear from Billy Donovan, as I mentioned, the head coach for the Bulls. We'll also go around the NBA. We always do go around the NBA. We'll talk about NBA and COVID-19. What's happening? We're seeing games canceled left and right here. We know COVID-19 is a thing, uh, but you notice college football, uh, the NFL, they've been able to survive it to this point. Now, what about the NBA? Are we going back to a bubble system anytime soon? We'll discuss that within the framework of this show. And, of course, our guy Nick Friedel, who covers the NBA for ESPN.com. He's out there in San Francisco. We'll get his thoughts about some of the storylines around the NBA as well. All part of the mix. Stay tuned. Keep it locked. 
the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast with me, Jonathan Hood. You love basketball, college or pro? Tell people to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify or part of the Captain J Hood Podcast feed here on ESPN Chicago. All right, I'm going to call Nick Friedel. We'll get underway right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. There he is, Nick Friedel, covers the NBA for ESPN.com. He's with us here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. Hello, Nick. Hello, my man. How are we doing? Oh, you're doing fine. We're doing just fine. We're about 10, 11 days into the NBA season. But really, one of the stories I'm thinking about, Nick, is COVID-19 in the NBA. So, so far, the league has already postponed you know, six games into the first 20 days of the season. And that breaking point came Sunday. You know, the ringer was writing about it not too long ago about the Celtics and the Heat, how Boston released an injury report that looked like a Russian novel. Like nine Celtics players um, were uh, reportedly tested uh, positive for COVID-19 on Friday. You know, and so that's really tough. So the question is, can the NBA dodge COVID as well as college football in the NFL and, and maybe no bubble situation? They're going to try as best they can because they know the money that's on the line. But the reality is the NBA doesn't have control, just like the NFL never really had control. I go back to something that Eric Folster said all throughout the bubble, and he's repeated it uh, over the course of the last few weeks. And he says, the virus is in control. And you have to remember that if you're an NBA fan, if you're an NBA commissioner like Adam Silver, if you're in the league, you have to understand that for as many protocols as you may be able to put in place and you may be able to tighten over the next few days, you still don't have the kind of control that you had in a bubble-like setting. So in theory, Hoodie, do I think they're going to keep playing? Yeah, the, there's just too much money on these TV deals to stop, no matter who may or may not be on the floor. But there's going to come a point, and it looks like it's coming soon, that the NBA is going to start to look around and go, man, all of our rosters, or many of them, are depleted. It might be time for us to adjust the schedule and give us some time to figure out a different way to go about the season. You were able to see the Bulls when they played Golden State, and you've been following along and seeing what Chicago has done. Here's my stance on it this year, Nick. I've said that it's clear that when you have Billy Donovan in place as a head coach that you have to preach patience, and I understand that fans will look at those losses against Sacramento, the Lakers, and Clippers and say, you know, what the hell. But I just think about this. In perspective, um, if these games took place last year, these are all blowouts by about 30. And and Zach would still get his numbers, um, even though the Bulls would get blown out. When you see this Bulls team, what resonates with you most about this core? When you watch the, this team, Hoodie, you know that they have a real coach. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first and foremost, yeah. you know that Billy Donovan knows what he's doing. He's got a track record in the league. And the players appear to trust that uh, him and that system that's in place. And that is crucial because any Bulls fan that watched this team over the last few seasons knows that they struggled uh, at various points throughout Fred Hoiberg's tenure. And they absolutely struggled uh, to find that identity under Jim Boylan. So no matter what you think of the players in place, 
What you have to understand is that at least they have a coach and a coaching staff that is maximizing what they got. Now, as far as the core, uh, with with Zach Levine, he's he. I, I've told you before. I'll say it again. He's basketball's designated hitter. When he's rolling offensively, there are few guys who can put up the numbers and take the shots and make him look easy the way Zach does. Can he get other players around him to follow that lead, and can they win consistently? I don't believe so. I think he fits better as a third or fourth piece on a contending team, and I'm curious to see what kind of moves that can be made over the course of the next couple months from AK and Eversley in that new Bulls front office. But after that, I mean, Kobe White has played really well in spurts. Is he a real point guard? We're going to find out. Uh, Markkanen's been out, I know, for a little bit, but he still has talent that they've got to try to find and find consistently. Uh, but the guy who, who pops out in my mind, Hoodie, is Pat Williams. Mm-hmm. And I know there were a lot of questions surrounding what he might be able to do once he got into the league this early. Uh, but he is athletic, he's long, and he seems like a guy who's going to put in the work to try and get better all the time. And when you're trying to build a new culture, as Donovan and this front office uh, are trying to do right now, you need players who have talent and you need players who are going to work constantly. And I think they've got a bunch of those players in place now. And we're going to find out, like with Wendell Carter Jr. and uh, the other guys who haven't gotten as much of a chance as they like, just how talented they can be in the season where I think they're already starting to open eyes, even though they've lost a few of these close games. I, let me knock out two birds with one stone with you when it comes to Golden State in Toronto. What an, an odd game uh, in that Toronto's now two, is, is two and seven after that loss against Golden State uh, on the road for them. But just the way Steph Curry did not shoot the ball well, one for 10 from three point range, two for 16 from the field. He finished with 11 points and six assists. Can you talk about the ebb and flow of that game? Let's talk a little bit about the Warriors in and then the Raptors struggling. <laughs> Uh, that was one of the stranger games I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, Hoodie, if you and I had gone to Vegas and we put down odds on Steph going 2-for-16 in a game against anybody, any team, and the Warriors still being able to win, uh, we would have cleaned up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. there was no way anybody thought that that team could have a legitimate chance to win any game with Steph, who is so clearly uh, the team's best player, best shooter, uh, and one of the the, the, the game's uh, all-timers who continues to play, and him shooting like that and them still winning, I think there were guys on that roster who were looking around going, okay, like, we can do this. And, and we do have a little bit more talent than people give us credit for. Uh, there was so much focus on James Wiseman at the beginning of the year for the Warriors. But, Hoodie, the reality is this team is only going to go as far as Steph and Draymond take them. And... Draymond's box scores never really stand out uh, the way they probably should for a player of his caliber. But if you're discussing not only that Warriors game against the Raptors, but the Warriors kind of renaissance in the last week and and stringing together some wins that uh, you didn't think they could pull off, you got to talk about Draymond Green because he has been unbelievably good defensively and he's helped settle down the offense to create the space that Steph needs when he is getting hot. So uh, if you throw out the the second half of of that Toronto game and you see that Steph couldn't make a shot, 
you realize that even when he's not hitting, he's creating space for everybody else, and that is crucial for a team with such a small margin for error. And that Raptor team, questions about Kyle Lowry and whether or not he's going to be a trade chip for Toronto. Again, it's just through the first 9-10 games, Nick, but if you're Nick Nurse, you don't want to get off to that kind of start. There's too much talent on that roster to start off like that. Bingo. And that's the real issue, Hoodie, is because Toronto's going to get it together. Nick Nurse is a good coach. Uh, Kyle Lowry, Siakam, not only are they very talented players, but they're a proud team. Fred Van Vliet, when you watch them, you know it's only a matter of time for them to turn it around. The question I pose to you and I pose to everybody listening to us is, what happens when you realize that this team, as good as they are, as proud as they may be, they're just not a title team anymore or a contender? And if you're Toronto and you just redid the deal for Van Vliet over the summer and you've uh, just redone Siakam's deal in the last year and a half or so, you have to have a hard look in the mirror and say, where are we going with this group? And I'm not saying you tear everything down, but absolutely, if I'm them, uh, over the course of the next couple months, Kyle Lowry is playing elsewhere. Uh, You see what else you can get for other pieces on your roster, and you just... You reset instead of rebuilding. But when you watch that team, you're watching a team that is still playing hard. Uh, There's still uh, plenty of times where you think, okay, they have the talent to win. They just don't have the kind of talent you need to win a title. And once they've gotten to that level with Kawhi, they should be trying as best they can to get back there. I don't know if keeping this entire core in place with Kyle uh, being at the top of that list is the way to go this season. You know, the best thing that's happened to LeBron early here in the season is a vocal uh, Anthony Davis. That came out yes. of nowhere. That dude said, this is during a winning streak for the most part. So we're looking at a Laker team that beat the Spurs twice, Grizzlies twice, um, and they lost to the Spurs, just got past the Bulls and beat the Rockets. And he said, you know, we are just terrible defensively. He says, we just got to be able to just be a lot better. And I was surprised. Usually you'll get that from LeBron. But now you now you get the leadership piece from uh, Davis. So I'm sure LeBron's going to be happy with that. Someone else picking up the slack, being a leader on this championship team. Somebody else can play bad cop when needed. Yeah. Uh, that's what that told me, Hoodie. And when you're LeBron and you're trying so hard to establish, which they did in the bubble, that, that title mentality championship mentality that it takes to win when you get a player as talented as ad and then he's able to take on the vocal part which was always the knock on him in new orleans everybody always said this guy's unbelievably talented you know what you're getting every night but he's not the kind of leader that you need to be the face of a title team i think lebron has tried to mold AD uh, from a leadership standpoint as much as he can because he sees what you and I see when we watch the Lakers. We see a team that, yes, they can win again. I, I think we both think they have a legit chance this year, but they're also in a type of transition because LeBron, as great as he is, he's not going to be this same kind of player year after year after year. The fact that Anthony Davis is taking on that vocal leadership role that it takes on any title team uh, to get them 
past the point year after year after year is a great sign. And I'm with you. I, I saw that stuff and I went, okay, he's ready to take the next step and he knows it. Also, I'd like to see if, what uh, a fight would look like between DeMarcus Cousins and Markeith Morris. Um, <laughs> I, how about this? I'd pay for that one in a heartbeat. I, it's funny to see Boogie not necessarily – he's actually walking away from Markeith Morris in that fight. Markeith Morris had to be restrained, and DeMarcus Cousins was walking away. And I said, DeMarcus, that's very good. Um, he, he walks away from a possible physical altercation. Cousins might have all the, the strange faces, the mean faces, uh, but uh, he decides to walk away from Markeith Morris, which I think is pretty smart. Uh, Hoodie, it was like you were watching somebody who had the voice in his head who said, DeMarcus, back away. This is your last <laughs> chance in the league. Yes. And for as much talent as, as Cousins still has, has and, and for all the injuries that he's been through, Woody, I'm, I'm almost glad to see it uh, because, again, the question on Cousins on top of whether he or not he could stay healthy was whether or not he would allow himself to stay in the game. Because you, you, you and I go back so many years. I remember talking about the Bulls and Kings, and it was part of their game plan to piss them off. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and they weren't alone. I mean, that was the, the, the word around the league. But the goal every game was to piss Cousins off to a point where he got tossed. And teams knew it. And he knew after the injuries that this is his last chance. And so for him to walk away in the manner that he did, I saw it the same way you did. You 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 have to give credit to a guy who knows that he's got to mature to a point to hang in there and still show the talent that he's got. And I thought that was an interesting moment for a guy who's had a lot of uh, at least emotional ups and downs in his career. Also, discretion is the better part of valor in that spot. <laughs> no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Uh, but I would love to see that fight. That's for sure. Um, a couple other things I want to ask you about, and that is Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. Um, so I, I guess Kyrie did not inform the team or Steve Nash that he was just going to take off. See, I, see I, I don't want to be right about these things, um, Nick. I don't want to be like, you know, that's going to be a mess. Steve Nash never coached before. He's got to deal with KD and Kyrie. I don't want to be right about it. I want it to be wrong so uh, it actually looks good. It works together. But Kyrie's just taking time off like, ah, you know, I'm just going to take off today. And they were looking for him. And uh, I don't think Steve Nash knew where he was last week. <laughs> he just disappeared. That doesn't work. Hoodie, it's as if the collective NBA saw that story and everybody just nodded in their own way Man. And, and, it's, and it's it's really sad because when Kyrie is physically right and he's on the floor he is so damn good I mean he's just he's an unbelievable player but you have all these questions about where his mind is at and, and if he really wants to be out there and what's bothering him and what continues to be the issues off the floor and when you're looking at that situation, you're just going, what the heck is going on? And that's, I know uh, what what some of the Nets people have got to be thinking. What What is happening here? What is the deal? And to not know or not be sure where one of your star players is, that that's a tough spot for anybody. But especially a new coach in Steve Nash, who, yeah, he's been through the league, he's won uh, MVP awards, but... 
But he, he's also a guy who's got to find his footing as the leader and face of the group. And when you're a teammate, you just have to wonder if they believe and can trust in Kyrie the way they're going to need to if they can be as good as they want to be. Lastly, Nick, what is the bigger value for a team, James Harden or Bradley Beal? Both are, are very two uh, players that are very hot when it comes to rumors in the NBA. Bradley Beal, that Wizards team is so bad with Russell Westbrook, so and it's so horrible. And Bradley Beal is balling. He's he is working his ass off with Washington. It's just you can't guard, you don't win. So that's a problem. And then there's James Harden. And he just looks naked out there. It's not saying that the other players around him aren't good, but they are the essence of role players. There are no real difference makers offensively outside of James with the ball. No doubt. And if it's me and I'm building a team, I'm taking Bradley Beal. And I'm not saying that that James Harden isn't one of the most talented guys there is because he, he is. I mean, strictly from a team-building standpoint, I feel like Harden is best served as that 1A guy, like uh, AD to LeBron, or like uh, D-Wade to LeBron in the Miami days. Bradley Beal, if you plug him, let's take the heat with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. If, If they could make that deal work, I think they're the favorites coming out of the East, no question. Uh, I, I just feel like Harden has to come to the understanding that as great as he is, and he's one of the best scorers I've ever seen, just as far as putting points up, getting to the free throw line, etc. As great as he is, he doesn't fit so well sometimes in a team game. <laughs> it's kind of like James has the ball at the top. And everybody else is just standing there, and he's dribbling around until the shot clock's running down, and then he gets his two foul shots. And that is a skill. It's an art. But can you win a title with him as the face and the number one guy? I still have questions. I don't think it would take as long and be as hard of a process to bring Beal in and say, hey, you're that 1A guy or you're that number two scorer guy who's going to help us uh, on every level. I would take Beal, and I think it would cost a little bit less as far as assets go to get him. So in that scenario, and I think it's a great question, when you're trying to build your team, give me Bradley Beal every time. My friend, as always, I appreciate your uh, your thoughts about the NBA. Hopefully the, a lot of these teams can, uh, all these teams can stay healthy and get around this COVID-19. It's been a problem for all across sports, so I'm not surprised it's part of the NBA. But when we have these many um, cancellations, you are a little bit cautious, right? I am very precautious. Uh, and I would give the Warriors a shout-out in this regard, Hoodie. In the context of our conversation, the thing that makes me feel comfortable going to work, going to Chase Center, seeing these games, they test every single person who comes in the building. You can't get into that building unless you pass the test that says uh, that you're negative. If the NBA and all these teams would adopt that kind of uh, program and put that into place, not only would it ease everybody's minds, I think that they would have a much better chance at making things go the way they have. But uh, for the time being, you just have to hope for the best. But there are so many unknowns that it's tough 
to imagine that there aren't going to be even more postponements and, and potentially a pause on the way. Yep, when you go through the, through the side door and they take the forehead test, it shows hamburger. <laughs> God, I miss you. <laughs> Good to hear from my guy, Nick Friedel. From the Bay Area, checking in from San Francisco. Talking about the NBA. Let me go around the NBA and college basketball with you real quick. Don't forget... This drops twice a week, the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. How about the Bulls? Let's start there. So the Bulls had a hard time on the West Coast, and I thought that they would. I think if you are realistic watching Chicago, you know that they were going to have some issues. This basketball team lost to the Kings, the Lakers, and the Clippers. They lost to the Kings by four points, lost to the Lakers by two, lost to the Clippers by three. So, here's the thing. I saw you guys on my Twitter, Twitter.com, Tweet Hood. You said, tired of moral victories, don't want to see this. They got to turn it around. Keep in mind something, okay? Some of you look at the Bulls and you think, man, I want change now. I got a new head coach, got a new front office, so the Bulls should be winning 50 games. Despite what my guy Stacey King said at the beginning of the season, you go back to the archives of this podcast and hear what Stacey King said, I don't expect 50 wins from the Bulls. I mean, at this point of this recording, they're 4-7 and seven in fourth place in the Central. Hey, I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. The point is, though, is that you don't look at change and say, like you look at a new alderman in Chicago and say, I just hired this, I just voted for this new alderman. And this is his first day in office. This is her first day in office. How come the potholes in my streets are not filled? I just voted for this alderman. How come I don't get change in my streets? How come I don't have... Uh, how come it, my neighborhood isn't changed 100%? Because it's the first day, and it's like the first year for the Bulls. You're not going to get your potholes filled in the first year for the Chicago Bulls just because Billy Donovan's on the coach. Billy is trying to figure out who can play and who can't play. I'll say this for this last game against the Clippers, and I was watching that because the Bears were so boring to watch in a loss in the playoffs. I'm watching the Bulls on one of my screens in the Hood Cave, and I'm saying, you know, this is not a bad basketball team, but they got to learn how to finish. But keep in mind that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard's on the other side. So those are the things that you look at. You would love the Bulls to be able to get on the road to beat a battle-tested veteran team. But this is new for Patrick Williams. This is new for Wendell Carter Jr., Uh, Zach Levine, of course he had 45 points. Of course he was 10 for 16 from three-point range. But when you got to make stops, especially late in the game, it didn't happen as the Bulls lost by three to the Clippers. Some thoughts from Billy Donovan on his Bulls team. Well, I mean, I I think we are playing well. I mean, we're doing a lot of really good things. I've seen an enormous amount of growth in, 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 in these guys. But, like, to take the next step, you know, we have to learn how to win. And before you learn how to win, you have to learn, you know, what forces you to lose or causes you to lose games. And and for us, it's it's been a lot of things I believe we have control over. It is very, very difficult to win turning the ball over 21 times against an elite offensive team with scorers like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Lou Williams and the guys they have, Morris. Like you're, I mean, you can't, it's, it's almost impossible. And I give our guys credit. I think it speaks to how efficient they were on offense that we could even be in the game. The other thing, too, is I thought we were fairly good uh, not fouling in the first half, and we fouled entirely too much in the second half. Gave him 25 free throws, pretty pretty significant free throw uh, differential. 
the same thing happened in the Laker game, you know, where we fouled too much. And then, and then the third thing at times has been, been the rebounding, you know, um, those are inevitably things that get you beat. And I think that we have control over, you know, how, how well, you know, we can defend without fouling. I think we have control over taking care of the basketball and making good decisions with it uh, and understanding the importance of valuing the ball. You know, and I think that we could do. I thought I thought Zubak in the first half really hurt us in the offensive glass, and he got some offensive rebounds. So, you know, again, we're we're playing like you take those things out, like we're playing good basketball, like in terms of possessions and stuff. But you know, we're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot too much with a lot of things that I think we can do a much better job with. Billy Donovan talking about his Bulls team that's four and seven, tough road trip but they were not blown out by 30. Um, but Patrick Williams is a young player, 19 years of age. And Patrick Williams, he had 17 points in the last game against the Clippers, 36 minutes. They had two steals, two assists, and was three for five in three-point range. Some thoughts from LeBron James after the Bulls lost against the Lakers. He didn't have to give Patrick Williams high praise, but LeBron said some nice things about the rookie. going to be exceptional talent. Um, long arms, um, you know, he has Kawhi-type uh, hands that I noticed out on the floor, so I knew I couldn't play with the ball much. Um, you know, and you could tell that he's uh, he's just laser sharp on, on just trying to get better and better. Um, you know, didn't say much at all. I mean, I don't, I don't say much at all on the court um, when I'm competing versus individual unless things are said to me, but he just kept his uh, – he just stays sharp on the game plan, and um, I think he's going to continue to get better and better. Has a great in between game, um, but if you if you notice his hands, though, his, he has you know, like I said, Kawhi type hands. Um, that's going to benefit him a lot um, throughout the course of this season, throughout the course of his career. So, uh, I think Chicago has a good one. Oh, we were just talking to Nick Friedel. I was asking him about who would be the hotter commodity to help a team: James Harden or Bradley Beal. Now, we know James Harden is a prolific scorer. I know some people don't like his brand of basketball, but I just look at the numbers and I see the amount of wins as he's had. Now, will he ever win an NBA championship? Uh, not until he trusts his teammates. I know that he can be able to distribute the basketball, he can rebound it, and he definitely has his unique style of trying to score, but he will not win a championship until he's able to share the basketball and be with, uh, be in a position where... He doesn't have to be the number one scorer every time he's got the ball in his hands. So I really like Bradley Beal a lot. If you're in the NBA circles, you know that Bradley Beal needs to get out of Washington. I don't mind a star in every market to watch, but Bradley Beal is pretty much by himself now because Russell Westbrook is expected to to miss at least the next week with a left quadriceps injury. Westbrook will be reevaluated at the end of the week. It's the latest blow and already disappointing start for the Wizards. They entered the season with high hopes after trading John Wall. But then that happened, and also Thomas Bryant, their starting center, he's out for the season with a partially torn ACL in his left knee. He suffered that in the game Saturday I was watching against Boston. So no Thomas Bryant, the big. Russell Westbrook is out. And then, of course, is Bradley Beal. Now, Brad has not asked for a trade just as of yet. But this quote, after allowing 116 points in a loss against the Celtics, he said, we can't guard a parked car. That's how Bradley Beal described the Wizards' defense in that loss against the Celtics. Dude has scored 60 points in a loss. 
So it's one of those guys that can really be able to pay dividends for a team, but just not this team. Washington is tied for the worst record in the league at 2-8 and eight coming into this recording and ranks 27th in defensive rating. Uh, the same can't be said for the Wizards when we take a look at the team. Beal's averaging a lead leading 35 points a game. When he's not on the floor... The offensive rating plummets to 116.1. That's second in the NBA to 30th. Second when he's on the floor to 30th when he's not. He is everything to this Wizards team. And Russell Westbrook, who's acquired for Wall in this particular trade that they had, I mean... Russell Westbrook's not the difference. That's not the one-two punch I don't think Wizards fans are looking at. Tommy Shepard is the general manager for the Wizards. He says Beal isn't going anywhere. We will see. Beal will be an unrestricted free agent in the summer of 2022. A couple other news and notes for you here on our podcast. We're running late, but I got to give you this. Brad Underwood and the Illini lose to Maryland on Sunday. Um, That was a surprise it really was to see the Illini fall short at home against Maryland. Some thoughts from Brad Underwood, the head coach for the Fighting Illini. Yeah, tough night. Give Maryland a ton of credit. Um, I'll take um, most of this one. This is um, allowing uh, not two two consecutive days of not being very sharp in practice, and uh, and that's ultimately on me. Um, but uh, you know it's it's a it's a frustrating game. We had a lead, and we had three consecutive trips um, in there where I, I almost a missed a shot. Uh, you know, Kofi had a turnover on a post up, and and Bellow on an out of bounds play, and and uh, you hold a team on the road to one field goal in almost nine minutes. Uh, you should be okay. And uh, but uh, we didn't finish anything yesterday. Uh, nothing, nothing. We were just as bad yesterday in practice as what everybody saw today at finishing. And, uh, uh, I, you know, I've got to reexamine what we're, um, you know, our, what we're doing in practice and how we're, how we're going about it. Um, but uh, again, I don't want to take anything away from Maryland. We knew this was a good team, team that anybody can go to Wisconsin and win, uh, now come here and do that. Um, uh, and uh, you know, Marcel was did what a senior should do, and 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 made every big play, and and uh, they outfought us, they outtoughed us, uh, and deserved to win the game. Yeah, the Illini fall short, sixty six to sixty three, to the Maryland Terrapins at home. Williams and Frazier did not score, and they had meaningful minutes for Illinois. Colburn had 21. The big guy, the Sumu, uh, had 23 points. And Corbello, who has been such a key off the bench, had eight points and two steals. But it wasn't enough as the Illini are now 9-4 and four on the season. And it just shows you how tough the Big Ten is, man. I've talked to a number of people that look at the Big Ten and say, yep, that's that's it. That, I mean, that is the conference um, that is the toughest in college basketball. I just know one thing. Every time the Big Ten is on, I keep my eyes on it because it's very interesting. Now, speaking of interesting, if if you catch this on the 12th, on Tuesday, the 12th, watch 
watch Wisconsin, the number nine team in the country, in Ann Arbor to take on Michigan. Wisconsin, Michigan, in Ann Arbor, Michigan at the Chrysler Center. Michigan is a four-point favorite here on DraftKings. Michigan's undefeated, the best team in the Big Ten. Could they be upset by Wisconsin? We'll find out. That's going to be an interesting matchup on Tuesday. Uh, watching Illinois, their next game will be against Nebraska and uh, Fred Hoiberg, and that's going to be on Wednesday. Um, going to be interested to watch what Iowa does against Michigan State. Iowa, the number five team in the country, the most impressive team I've seen in the Big Ten. Iowa is will take on Michigan State. That's going to be a Thursday game uh, at home. Uh, in Iowa to take on Michigan State. So that those games during the weekend and this weekend has always got interesting games like Illinois against Ohio State. That's going to be fun on Saturday the 16th. And then on Sunday, uh, we'll see Michigan State against, against Indiana, Purdue against uh, Penn State. So the Big Ten, always interesting to watch. But here's the thing. It shows you how tough the Big Ten is. I didn't expect Illinois to lose that game against Maryland, but here's what I'm looking forward to seeing. How does Illinois bounce back and see how close they can get to Iowa as far as step-for-step in the Big Ten? We'll hear from our guy Tyler Aki from our uh, station at uh, ESPN Chicago. He's a college college basketball and college football guru. We'll get his thoughts later on in the week about the Big Ten and everything else around college basketball right here on the Another Hood Basketball Podcast. Finally, here on the podcast, I want to talk to you about something that I saw uh, from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and that's D'Angelo Russell. So we put to the side that Minnesota's having a tough season. Of course they are. They're going to have a tough season this year. But D'Angelo Russell, like many other NBA players, speak out on social issues. And so, of course, what happened here last week with um, protesters, anarchists, thugs, Uh, attacking the Capitol building uh, and attacking our democracy, the the people's house. We saw this on the news. We saw this on social media and everyone was just gobsmacked. They were awestruck by what they saw. We have never seen what happened with those armed protesters at the U.S. Capitol. And of course, because there are NBA players that speak out on issues like this, all athletes, but since this is a basketball podcast, we're talking about NBA players speaking out on these issues. D'Angelo Russell, the Minnesota press, the Minneapolis St. Paul press, they want to ask D'Angelo Russell his thoughts about what happened uh, at the U.S. Capitol uh, while we saw something that was just horrific. Um, being able to go into the the house and break into offices and all that is just incredible what we saw and just sad for our country. So you think D'Angelo Russell would talk about it, right? No, he pulled the tables. He turned the tables on the press and asked the press what they thought about it. Listen. This point in history that we're, we're all in right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not in any rush right now. I think it's the perfect time to do this. We got we got John, Dane, Britt, Jace, Chris. I, I'd like to get, get you guys' opinion first, and then um, we can play it that way. Because, I mean, we obviously know what my opinion is. We know what everybody else in our league's opinion but we don't get to hear you guys' opinion on that stuff. So I'd love to hear your opinion. And, you know, we can play tennis with that. I mean, when I when I saw it, I, I think I put something out, too, because I saw um... – Cam Reynolds, who used to play here and now plays with the Bucks, kind of put something out about how, 
you know, it was really interesting that the way that some police, uh, you know, kind of reacted to Black Lives Matter protests and, and things of that nature with real force and did not seem to provide the same sort of resistance to uh, the white protesters that were ri- or rioters that were storming the Capitol there. And there was some hypocrisy there. And to me, I mean, I don't know what you guys feel, but I'm trying to put myself in your guys' shoes and I can only you know, be heartbreaking to try and, you know, think what you guys are seeing after what you all experienced this summer. And you were on the front lines in Louisville and doing a lot of different things. I mean, to me, it's quite frankly, you know, both heartbreaking and, and, you know, just brings a rage about you to see it that way and see people treated differently. That's how, that's how I looked at it. Respect that. About you, Dane? Honestly, for me, it's embarrassing as a white person. Um, I, I think, I think it just shined a really sad light on um, just a, a separation in our society. You can hear the full press conference of D'Angelo Russell. It's on YouTube. Look for D'Angelo Russell press conference, uh, and it's seven minutes. But I just wanted to give you a little flavor of that because that was interesting. You normally don't have an athlete say, well, you guys know how I feel. How do you feel about what happened? And have an open dialogue and discussion with the press where the press gives their thoughts and then D'Angelo responds. It was very unique. Well, thanks so much for downloading the podcast, the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. And don't forget to support the Cap and J Hood Morning Show every morning. Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 and also on the ESPN Chicago app. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify. Spotify has some other elements to this podcast that you may not get on the Cap and J Hood feed. So make sure that you check out Spotify and also, of course, ESPN Chicago, the Cap and J Hood morning show podcast feed. You can be able to pick up the podcast there as well. Thanks so much for downloading the podcast. And we'll do it again later on in the week as we take a look at the college basketball slate. Should be interesting to see. So we'll talk about it then. And we will talk to you later on the week. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook.